It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here with Zerlina Maxwell, and it is day one of impeachment two of Donald Trump. We are joined by Joe Lockhart, uh, CNN contributor and uh, former White House Clinton administration official, so he knows what he's talking about, and he is here to explain it to us. Joe, thank you so much for joining us on impeachment the second day. Yeah. Second second time around. (laughs) So uh, we all know how this is going to go already. We're all familiar with the 16 hours and the 16 hours and the house managers. And we did all of our learnings about how impeachments work. Um, What do you think is different about what we're about to see than, than what we went through last January? Well, I mean, there's some, there's some obvious differences, which is we're, we're not going, we're not trying to remove the president from office. He's already Mm -hmm. out of office. On the other hand, he was never going to be removed uh, in the last impeachment, uh, and uh, I expect this to go along party lines. I, th- I think there's, you know, there is some subtext to here that is probably more important than Trump itself. Uh, I think what's on trial here is our democracy, uh, whether there are consequences for trying to overturn and overthrow a free and fair election. Uh, that's what, you know, and again. That's what Trump was trying to do since the summer uh, when he set the predicate for the election will be stolen. And then he repeated that big lie and he worked up his supporters uh, into believing that and to uh, getting them angry. And the speech on January 6th really was just the match. Um, You know, the bonfire uh, had been set for six months uh, previously. That's the thing that I, I keep going back to also. I think that they're trying to sort of pretend that it's only what he said on the morning of January 6th. And to your point, that was sort of the culmination of this idea that the election was stolen, right? So, like, they had been sort of feeding this narrative to their supporters, the big lie, that the election was stolen and that they had to do something about it. And what he told them to do was to stop the steal, which is stop the counting. Um that is an insurrection, like by definition. <laughs> um, so in term, we were talking about this at the start of the show. I feel like instead of thinking through the strength of the democratic case based on how many Republicans they can get to vote to convict, because I mean, who knows what Republicans are going to do? Usually it's not the right thing. So I don't think they're going to look seriously at this evidence and like make a fair judgment. I mean, to Jess's point, two of the people were complicit in the insurrection that they're now the jury <laughs> um you know in 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 the case um do you think that okay so i guess my okay let's set it up what is the best sort of frame and argument the house democrats can make this week that would be compelling to which i think is the real audience which is the american voters Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you that the Republican, the vote at the end of the trial is largely irrelevant. Uh, we know what it's going to be. There's really no chance for a surprise. Um, 
So I think um, the the Democrats have a task here. Um, and it's a little bit of the, a continuation of last week with uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, they need to demonstrate that the Republican Party has gone off the cliff, that they no longer believe in democracy. They no longer share the values of most Americans. And they will do anything to hold on to power, including trying to overturn an election and inciting an insurrection that killed now eight people uh, on Capitol Hill. And people will be held accountable for this. Even if Donald Trump is acquitted, Donald Trump will be convicted in the court of public opinion. Uh, Even if those jurors judging themselves um, uh, face no consequences like being expelled from the Senate, they will be convicted in the court of public opinion. And I think there's one secondary thing um, going on, and it has nothing to do with uh, the insurrection. But I think um, the, the Biden administration can, can benefit from this in, in, in this way. Uh, Republicans don't deal in good faith. When they say, we want unity, we want to negotiate with you, let's do this in a bipartisan way, they're lying. They're not telling the truth. What they want to do is kill anything the Democrats want to do. Um, and, you know, the, the, the COVID relief bill, uh, the only way for it to get it, get it through is through reconciliation, through a partisan, you know, only Democrats uh, effort. You know, I think that that becomes easier uh, politically to do. They're going to do it when the public sees for two weeks in a row how Republicans act. Uh, I think there's a real uh, dividend there for President Biden, because over the next two weeks, you're going to see Republicans defending the indefensible. You're going to see a party that's lost its way. You're going to see a party that's out of touch with the American people. Uh, so there's a lot of um, there are a lot of uh, currents, uh, you know, running underneath, um, you know, conviction versus acquittal. All of them are very problematic for the Republicans. It sounds like you think that it's more the party on trial than than Trump himself, actually. Like that's going to well, be the outcome you know, that changes. Yeah, absolutely. Trump is the party. The party is Trump. But uh, it is the party uh, on trial here. Uh, you know, listen, you, you have a majority of the members of the Republican caucus in the House voted to overturn the election. You had 12 or 13 senators stand up in the, the well of the Senate and try to overturn the election. Uh, you know, that's, they were all Republicans. There were no Democrats that did that. This wasn't a unified effort to address some sort of uh, wrong in our society. Uh, the Republican Party stood up, as, and a majority of them stood up and said, democracy isn't good enough. Power is what's important to us. That's what's on trial. And that's what they need to be held accountable for. And the way you hold a politician accountable is by, you know, putting it all out there and letting the voters decide. Uh, I I would not want to be a Republican operative trying to get a senator or a House member reelected, you know, in the aftermath of this trial. Yeah, I think that's probably something that a lot of a lot of folks are thinking. Is there a way that... Um... I mean, do Republicans see this as a danger? <laughs> like, do do they recognize that their their electoral prospects, considering we were just talking about this, that that like self preservation seems to be their their north star right now? It's not it's not doing good for the people who elected you. It's it's self preservation. Do they at all see this as a threat to their prime directive, which is you know get elected and stay there? 
Yeah, I mean, it's you've got to put Republicans in groups. Um, yes. You know, for a lot of House members, um, they're, they're going to win no matter what. So their problem is making sure that they don't get primary. The only way they can lose their seat is if someone to the right of them challenges them in a primary. So they're going to hold on. I think a lot of them know what they're doing is wrong. Uh, but, you know, they justify it by saying only, you know, I'm the best congressman who ever lived. And if I have to do some wrong things to do some good things, then th- that's just OK. Uh, some of them are just downright crazy. You know, the, the Matt mm-hmm. Gibson's and Jim Jordan's of the world, they, they just have a screw loose. Um, and uh, there's, there's really no way to explain it. They actually think they're being righteous here. But the right. majority of them are. And, the, you know, the way you know this to be the case is the Liz Cheney vote. Um, you know, when it was a secret ballot, Republicans yeah. overwhelmingly backed someone who voted to impeach uh, the president uh, or the, the former president. So it's, you know, it is clear that the Republican Party is in self-preservation mode and it's motivated almost entirely by fear. Uh, and if your fear of being reelected is so pervasive that you can't ever do the right thing, then you're kind of in the wrong business, I think. Um, you know, there are plenty of, you know, there's plenty of good lobbying jobs down on K Street. Um, right. Uh, where they can make a lot of money and not work as hard, not have to beg people for money all the time. Uh, but it's, um, you know, uh, powers the aphrodisiac, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. And I feel like, you know, it's it's so clear to me. It's like we'd have no print like they're out of principles. Like we're, we, we've we gone so far past what is normal or what should be normal in a just healthy democracy um, in terms of what sort of they've allowed to transpire. And they remain aligned with the person mm-hmm. who uh, caused all of that. One question I do have, though, is that, you know, we we keep talking about ever since the election the 74 million people who did vote to reelect Donald Trump and you know while a lot of those people clearly voted for Donald Trump and then voted for a Republican down ticket <laughs> um, or or they voted for Joe Biden and then voted for a Republican down ticket um, it's clear to me that like a lot of people even though some data now shows people are switching parties or switching party affiliation to independent um, because they don't want to be associated with this. Um, I feel like there also is a line Democrats sort of need to walk so they don't alienate, like, run-of-the-mill Republican voter in the suburbs, I guess. Um, how do they make this case about sort of the big point about democracy, undermining democracy, without alienating and turning off, you know, a soccer mom suburb suburban mom who is like more moderate um they're not like aoc or whatever they're more moderate um and they sometimes vote for republicans sometimes they vote for democrats yeah no i I think i think you're exactly right and uh i think what you you have to go from the starting point if you're a democrat or a house manager that nobody wants to watch this (laughs) no one would choose for this to happen there's, there's plenty of other good stuff on Netflix to watch that you don't need to see 12 house managers come in and uh, uh, make this case. So if they understand that, they're, you know, they're halfway home. Um, this, is a, this is not about uh, 
telling us what a terrible person Donald Trump is. We all know that. Even the people who voted for him um, uh, know that he's a bad guy, but he's their bad guy. Uh, so what they do, what they have to do is to make this about something much bigger, about an attack on American values, and that if people aren't held accountable for this, we will slide into some sort of authoritarian um, you know, type of government, and you know, democracy will be at risk. Now, while that may not be compelling, must-see TV, I think that's what the Democrats have to do. And you know, I, I, I have no insight into what their strategy in telling the story is, but I certainly have a hope that they don't focus all of their attention on that you know, January 6th speech, because Trump says a lot of crazy stuff. Um, he's incited a lot of things over time that he wasn't prosecuted for. The most, the, what's much more important is what happened leading up to January 6th, the conditions that he created in the country, that somehow mm -hmm. there were some deep, dark forces that stole something from 74 million people. Uh, and that's what I think they should focus on. And again, it's not, you know, it may not be the most interesting thing in the world. Uh, and I think that's why they want to sort of get this done, you know, as quickly as they can. Um, but creating a situation where we don't hold people accountable because we're all tired of this is really dangerous. Yeah. Yes. So my, my question is, is there a chance that the evidence that comes out over this week has ramifications uh, for the House members and Senate members who participated? Like when, when we when we start doing the, the you know, the, the, the discovery, when we start talking about the conditions that led up to January 6th, actions on January 6th, I'm expecting to learn a little bit more about, you know, who was I, the, those questions that came up after January 6th? Who took the panic buttons out of Ayanna Presley's office? You know, who was Lauren Boebert walking around the Capitol giving tours to like who the, those questions? Um, I expect answers to those this week. Uh one, am I wrong to do that? And two, is, is there a chance that what happens this week is actually going to have lasting consequence for an elected official other than Donald Trump? Does it, would, would something like that move to the House Ethics Committee or the Senate Ethics Committee, which is looking at Cruz and Hawley now? Yeah, I, I think you may be a little disappointed on trying to find out exactly what happened. Uh, mm. The Democrats have clearly not had the time or the resources to do a thorough investigation, because this is a criminal investigation. This right, isn't just right. political malpractice. Uh, this wasn't just, you know, the phone call to right. uh, the Ukrainian president that did, you know, took, they, they needed to take a bunch of depositions to corroborate what happened, but it wasn't like doing a massive investigation. I think um, this will, this will come in two parts. Uh, we will, you know, we'll be at 35,000 feet for the next two weeks and this will be a, a, about a threat to our democracy and, you know, how dangerous this situation was um, without a lot of specific information about what Congressman Gosar did or what uh, Kevin McCarthy did or who took, you know, the panic button out of someone's office. I do think, though, it sets up the, the pretext for the criminal investigation. Uh, I have every reason to believe the FBI is devoting an enormous amount of resources right now to getting to the bottom of this. And if members of Congress and elected officials, CEOs, 
people like you or me, just anyone, were involved in inciting this, they will be investigated, they will be prosecuted, and my guess they'll be convicted um, uh, because, you know, they broke the law. This is against the law. And you're in a whole different realm when the Justice Department uh, uh, is running something because they're not trying to make political points. They're trying to enforce the law. Uh, the Senate is not charged with enforcing the law. The Senate is charged with making broader decisions about what's right and what's wrong and what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Uh, so I think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be a little disappointed if we're expecting a lot of detailed information. Okay. We'll see a lot of thematic stuff. But I would, um, the second part, I would say stand by. It will be many months from now, but I think the FBI and the Justice Department will get to the bottom of this. I've been surprised that we haven't seen another press conference, any press conference, really, about this ongoing investigation. Is that, is that normal? Is it normal for it to be this quiet? No, it's, it's, it's not. Um, it's, it is puzzling uh, at best. Um, you know, I, you know, you may chalk it up to a change of administrations. Uh, you can chalk it up to the FBI director wanting to protect the investigation, uh, and not get fired. And I don't mean that as he was some coward, you know, cowering in the right. corner. I mean, he was running the investigation and it would be disruptive if it all of a sudden Mike Flynn became the FBI director, which is rumored right. or not rumored, it's reported that uh, Trump was considering, um, but I do think this is a fundamental attack on our democracy, just like 9-11 was a fundamental attack on our way of life. And in the aftermath of 9-11, the public was told on a pretty regular basis, you know, what was going on. Yes. Um, and I, I, I am puzzled by it, uh, but uh, I, it, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that this is because they believe this is the right thing to do for the investigation. I think they'll be wholly held to pay three or four months from now uh, if they, you know, sort of say, we're wrapped up, there's nothing to do here, there's nothing to see. Um, because, you know, there's obviously a lot to see. Yeah. And we are going to start seeing it today at noon. Joe Lockhart, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate you today, especially. Uh, yes. Nice to talk to you guys. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening.